Muscle Science for Women. <laughs> Welcome to Muscle Welcome. Science for Women Rapid Fire Q&A. This is yeah. where things may or may not get spicy, but yes. I think they will because we've got some spicy questions. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try to be rapid fire. And what does that entail? It but means, no, but we'll try. It, here's like two minutes answers. Means, yeah, I think it means instead of like normally where we would cover like one or two topics for an entire episode, we're going to try to get like answer like six to eight questions. So like a okay. couple minutes per, per question, unless okay. one like really, you know, really requires a deeper dive, in which case we may just be like, this will be for another episode. But so um, like this yeah. question, training during pregnancy. Yeah. Okay. So you know what I'm going to say? Rapid fire answer. I have done multiple podcast episodes about that. So we'll just put them in the show notes or something. So you yeah. can go back and, and your listen. ebook and the oh, ebook. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's more like mm -hmm. nutrition, but yes. Um, but if you have specific questions, we can definitely address them in an upcoming episode, but I have literally done like multiple pregnancy related episodes with a, um, pelvic health therapist on my own talking about my own training. So it's all there. Um, so that's first question out of the way. Second question. <laughs> Sorry. I just um, like dove right in. No, that's great. I love it. That's what we got to do. Rapid fire. Second question thoughts on the new, like Uber viral trend of everything being made out of cottage cheese. Oh my God. Right. You've seen it. You've yeah. Seen it. 100%. Oh my God. These trends are just like, these viral things are so funny. It's crazy. Um, I mean, it's legit. Like I would say like cottage cheese like it can it's like cauliflower rice you can just do whatever you Except want with better it. honestly I think cottage yeah. cheese is actually more versatile I will say I like it but I'm somebody who likes cottage cheese like I think people either think like oh it's good it's healthy or whatever or they think it's like the most disgusting thing on the planet yeah I like cottage cheese like I'll put a little cinnamon some almonds on that thing and just yeah eat me it. too it's super high protein it's good I for you it. if you can handle dairy it's great and if you have a good blender and you've got some good ice cream recipes, I say, go for it. I think, cause mm -hmm. you know, you and I, obviously we're very big fans of like make something that brings you joy, whether it's ice cream or a muffin or whatever, but if you're going to make it like put some nutrition in it, put, make it have yeah. high protein, make it have some good ingredients in it so that it's actually nourishing you as well as tasting good. So like I'm all yeah. for the cottage cheese trend, honestly. Yeah. And this is okay. I just want to say something. I feel like we rapid fire. We each get a few minutes. Um, of course. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't remember who I saw do this, but uh, blending up the cottage cheese because sometimes people don't like the texture, but blending it up so it's like a little bit thicker and doing like a savory cottage mm. cheese bowl where you add like some like chicken on top and like a little bit of olive oil. And yeah, sounds weird. Um, okay. Like some greens maybe. So it's like this kind of like tart combination, a little balsamic vinegar, like sounds really weird. I'd give it a shot. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm planning to write like a, a, I took some pictures of it. I haven't posted it, but I wanted to write up like a recipe from a website and stuff. Um, so that's in the queue, but yeah, just a little cottage cheese flare. Okay. That, that I'd have to think about a little bit more. Cause I haven't thought about it in terms of savory, but mm -hmm. I think it's a very versatile, very healthy, um, ingredient. And I actually think, cause I, I think sometimes it's like, just don't, don't like shoot too close to the sun. Like cauliflower rice is not <laughs> yeah. taste like rice, like forget it. And probably cottage cheese ice cream doesn't taste like something you'd get. I haven't tried clean, the ice cream. That's probably fine. It probably is, you know, and there is a difference between eating something that has zero nutritional value and something that does, which is why our, we're so obsessed with these like 
Ninja Creamy ice cream recipes because they're good, but they also are like, I feel like my body was just given something other than empty calories. So I'm, I'm all for it. Okay. Next question. You got one. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, this question back squat taxes my central nervous system so bad. Sorry. Start over back squat taxes my central nervous system. So bad other options. Hmm. Yeah. So clearly they didn't listen to our, uh, squat episode. Hello. Have you, did you not hear the one where we fought about squats and also maybe sign up for muscle science for women guys, but yes, of course there's always other options. And Rachel has a billion good ones. Go for it. Oh my gosh. Anything. There's so many. Um, yeah, I have again, maybe it depends on, um, you know, like, what are you trying to do with your back squat specifically? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's your goal with the back squat? Yeah, exactly. What's your goal? Um, if you're not getting out of the back squat, what you want, maybe it's time to try something different. I know I haven't, I've told you this, I haven't barbell back squat in probably two years now. Um, machine squats. So hack squats, pendulum squats, leg press even is a a form of a squat, um, squat pattern. Um, and then that's obviously if you're at a gym, um, but if you're at home, um, or training from home, split squats, there's so many different variations of split squats, quad focused, glute focused, um, you know, all other types of like dumbbell squats, like goblet squats, or, um, I don't know. There's just so many different variations of squats. You do not have to back squat. And like I've Mm -hmm. said many times to build your legs. Um, Mm -hmm. if I were you, if you had access to a gym, what I would choose, the first thing I would try is a hack squat. Um, and then if you don't have access to machines, um, or you don't want to use the machines, I would try a split squat, a variation of a split squat, whether it's quad or glute focused, because that is really going to truly tell you your, um, it'll show you how a lot about your strength. Right. Mm -hmm. And it'll also give you a good insight into any deficiencies from sides, like unilateral deficiencies, which is a huge piece that a lot of people miss out on. Um, that when you're just doing like a regular back squat, you could be compensating on one side and not even realize it. Then when you go to do like a single leg movement, you're like, holy crap. Um, so yeah, split squats, machine squats, all the squats. Right. I don't really have anything to add. I mean, if you just don't want to do anything that has the word squats in it, like do some heavy lunges or, yeah. you know, maybe the or take or grow your glutes program as take well. The grow your glutes program. There's a ton of exercise in there. And I don't think you need a single barbell if you don't want mm-hmm. to use it. So, okay. Moving on. What are your thoughts on Ozempic? Oh my gosh. Spicy. I mean, I, I've honestly just been kind of like taking in all of the thoughts from everybody else the last month or two, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. as this has become more popular. Um, I mean, just, and honestly, I haven't done much research myself, but just from gathering information, um, and doing a little bit of reading here and there, I think that first of all, just like anything else, if you don't change your lifestyle, adding a pill is not going to be the game changer for forever for life. It's just not. Um, so yeah, maybe you see some quick results, but there's always going to be, um, a trade-off for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my first thought there. Second thought is that, you know, maybe in the very, very obese population, it can be beneficial, but again, even if they use it, 
and they don't change anything else with their lifestyle, you're going to gain it back. And it's going to be like, you're just going to keep going through the cycle. So Mm -hmm. those are my high level thoughts. I mean, it's the same as like, you know, like gastric bypass or like lap band surgery. It's like, that's, that's used as a last resort for very obese people who are trying to lose weight. Um, and they have to like lose weight by other means before they can even undergo the surgery, but you can always gain it right back if you aren't fixing your, um, your lifestyle issues. And again, we're only hearing about it. We're not hearing about it from people who have tried everything and are struggling and are looking for a last resort medication. We're looking at it because there's this huge influx in rich, famous celebrities who are doing it to lose the last 10 pounds to like look extra good because they're celebrities and it, there's a pill now, like literally we've been talking for years in the fitness industry about like, if there was a magic pill, like everyone would take it. It's like, this is, I think it's a shot actually. I think it's like a physical shot into your body instead of a pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess that's like the, the biggest answer is like there, no matter how many magic quick fixes come out, they still aren't actually that, um, it's a short-term maybe solution that a lot of people are finding like really short-term, um, significant results, which is making everybody all excited and a flutter and also judgmental and all of these things. Um, but at the end of the day, there are, we don't know what the long-term consequences of it are because we're just hearing about it now. Um, we're hearing that maybe there are some side effects when you decide to go off or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I'm always wary of like, any quick fix. And I mean, this is where we can go in a million tangents. We're talking about things like Botox or fillers or any of these things, which are your, your, uh, personal choice. And I'm not a fan of anybody telling anybody what they can or cannot do with their own bodies. So if that's your personal choice, you're entitled to it. And who gives a shit what other people think my thing is anything that hormone replace, like hormone replacement therapy, which we were talking about in another episode, we're going to talk about more the things that worry me are the things where when you start, you kind of can't stop. Or if you stop, something bad's going to happen or whatever. These are the things mm-hmm. we don't think about long-term consequences because we're so um, blinded by, but it's just so easy. You just take the shot and suddenly you're not hungry and the weight just falls off. And it's like your answers, your, the, your prayers are answered, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, it's never it's never that easy. Right. So, um, I don't know. I think similar to what you just said, it's probably intelligent to just like observe maybe and like think about it. And I mean, I don't know how many, I don't know how many normal quote unquote people are doing it. Like I actually personally do know a person or two who is using it, um, for benefit. They're not famous people. They're not rich or famous people. They're people who maybe have struggled to lose weight for a while and have, been offered this choice and it seems to be working for them. Again, I don't know about the long-term repercussions Mm -hmm. that's, and it's not really my place to, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that, uh, at the end of the day, what we're selling, which is, you know, figure out a good diet that works for you and exercise that you enjoy and a lifestyle that brings you happiness and fulfillment, um, is probably still always going to be hopefully the first line of defense. Mm -hmm. Um, and it should still yeah. be the foundation of everyone's weight loss or fitness program because your lifestyle still matters the most, no matter what drug or pill or shot or whatever is coming out. It's always going to matter the most. So we'll see if Agreed. anybody wants to share, if anybody out there mm-hmm. is listening and is taking Ozempic and is having either good or bad or anything in between um, results, we would love to hear about it. And we can, you can 
write in anonymously. We won't share your name, whatever. We should mm-hmm. actually figure that out because people still have to email us. We should maybe do like some like anonymous. There's a, yeah, there's an anonymous thing. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Anyway, if you want to share, we'll- please do. Okay, yeah. Ozempic, what's next? All right, next question. Is it necessary to go our heaviest and to failure every workout for optimal muscle growth? You knew here. You knew here. <laughs> Uh, no, it is not. And it is not even recommended you do that because that is incredibly taxing and damaging on your nervous system Mm -hmm. and on your body. And that's where we want to talk about instead of maxing out and going as hard as you can, every workout, we want to talk about things like progressive overload and the intelligent progressive programming of increasing the stress on your body through your workouts gradually over time so that your body can adapt to increasing stress, whether it's weight Mm -hmm. or maybe you're running longer, or maybe the workouts are more intense in some other way. Um, yeah, progressive and infrequent testing, infrequent max testing is what you want to be aiming for. And just to also, she said like going your heaviest and going to failure every workout. So no, you shouldn't be going to failure on every single exercise, every single workout all the time. Should you be getting close to failure? Meaning like you're working hard, you're making poop faces towards the end of your sets because you're working your muscles close to failure. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you want to be growing muscle, you have to work hard and you can't just be like lollygagging, like, eh, yeah, yeah. And like this being able so to hold easy. a conversation yeah. during your, your set that's, that's not good. That's really just gonna be a waste of time. So the, Mm -hmm. the answer is you have to find a middle ground. Um, and you have to understand that, yes, you have to still work hard and get close to failure. We talk about the RIR scale. So reps in reserve, we talk about that in the muscle science for women program and, you know, aiming for certain RIR, which means leaving, you know, however many reps in the tank, so to speak, before you hit failure, understanding how to train using that as a scale can be so, so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does require that you do go to failure at some points so that you can actually test what failure is. Cause if you never test failure, how are you going to know yeah. what failure is for you? But that doesn't mean that you should be going to failure and maxing out all the time. It's finding that balance. It's being educated on it. And that's literally everything that we talk about in the muscle science forum program. Mm-hmm. We'll plug, but yeah. And I think the other thing too, is like the more trained a person is the more experienced and the more time you spend in the gym the more you notice and understand that the difference between um, near failure and failure is actually quite significant. Like the difference between getting to like two or three reps in reserve and like, it's very hard, it's very difficult. This is really challenging. This is taxing the muscle and maxing out are two very different feelings Mm -hmm. and phenomenons, right? And like, if you, and the more trained you are, like if you're an untrained person, you can really exhaust yourself I think a lot more quickly. Um, and you also don't really know maybe what it feels like or what it means to go to like true Mm -hmm. maxing out. Um, but maxing out is something you do not, if you know what it feels like, you do not want to do that every workout. You won't want to do it and you probably won't be able to do it. Yeah. And I'll just add one more thing there. It's, there's a huge difference between, maxing out on or going to failure on a barbell back squat than it is going to failure on a dumbbell lateral curl or a bicep curl completely different and like there is absolute nuance there like for the barbell back squat you probably don't want to be going to failure very often or maybe if 
at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe, you know, if you're testing your max, whatever, but like on a bicep curl or a lateral raise, you can absolutely get very, yeah. very close or even to failure every week if you wanted to. And it would yeah. be less of an issue because it's such a smaller muscle group than a lower body movement, like a back squat or a hip thrust or something like that. So you also have to know the nuances behind it. And again, that's where being educated in these things is important. Yep. That's why you should definitely take muscle science for women (laughs) first, because we really get into that. Uh, okay. Next question. What are your thoughts about core specific workouts or exercises? So that I mean, anything from like maybe Pilates core specific Pilates to like ab day where you're just doing like core work. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I think that just like anything else, they can be beneficial. Um, it depends what your goal is. (laughs) Um, it, it depends how you're implementing it. Right. I think, um, you know, if you're following a well rounded strength program, um, they're having some core work in there, like straight, um, like crunches or reverse crunches, like maybe a few sprinkled in at the like end of your workout. That's totally fine. Um, if you're dedicating like full on days to like core exercises and doing like tons of different types of crunches and and all that stuff, I think that might be a little bit of a waste of time. Um, but it also depends on your, your goal. So if you're you know, trying to like, for example, if, I mean, you know more about this, but if you're postpartum and you're supposed, you're trying to like build up your core strength, maybe you do have a dedicated fa- dedicated day that is all about that, but you're doing specific movements that are like for your pelvic floor, for mm-hmm. your, your core, all of that. So that's a different situation, right? Um, yeah. I think things like Pilates and yoga can be a great addition to a strength program, um, or something that you use as like another, like, you know, maybe you're doing like a strength program, um, or a hyper strength hypertrophy program, like muscle science form. And maybe you do that like three times a week. And then you do like Pilates once a week or a yoga class once a week. Um, but it shouldn't replace lifting heavy weights is really mm-hmm. what I, what I would say as a rapid fire yeah. answer. It it's, it can be okay, but it shouldn't replace heavy lifting heavy shit. Yep. Agree. Agree. Cool. I have nothing to add. Um, no, no. Awesome. Um, okay. Next question. We're getting through these. I think I only have two left here. Um, on keto, should I be basing my carb percentage on net carbs or total carbs? Do you oh, want me sorry. To I fell, I, sorry. I fell asleep because oh. I'm, oh. I'm so bored. <laughs> sorry. No disrespect. Um, I can't, I mean, total carbs, right? Oh my God. The answer is total carbs, right? The answer is total carbs. Yeah. The answer is total carbs. Like, I mean, so much of this stuff too, like, even if we're not talking about keto, but like, like macro counting and tracking, like, I think we, and this isn't like a a judgment call on anybody, but we're, we're, we're always trying to find like loopholes, right? Like if we just do net carbs and we can actually get away with like eating a ton more, or if like, you know, does this count as a complete protein or not? Or like this zero calorie sweetener, can I just like pour that all over everything or whatever? It's like, let's just try to focus again on like the whole food. And especially if you're trying to like lose, lose fat, like try not to cut corners, count every single carb because, and we know that like nutrition labels are notoriously inaccurate. Like we just have to kind of hope that these things are generally accurate and then be consistent with whatever we're reporting. Like, 
mm-hmm. total carbs, total carbs. Yeah. If you're going to be counting count total carbs makes your life easier. No gray yes. area. Um, the only thing I would say there is that like, yes, you should still be paying attention to your fiber, like fiber a little bit, depending on, you know, if that's something that you're focused on. Um, and that would be like, the vegetables and fruits and things like that. So taking a look at your fiber, but not necessarily saying like, oh, I'm just going to subtract all this. Uh, we want to look at the whole picture. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's all on my end. So if you have another, I one. have one, uh, one more, um, thoughts on eating the same repetitive meals as a means to be consistent and hit macros. Do you know, Rachel? <laughs> She okay. Said, oh, that's but- a lie. Actually, actually, listen, I had one more question and I didn't write it down. It was like, does Rachel have any more um, squash recipes? And I think it was a joke, but oh I'm like, gosh. guaranteed she does. So just ask her, just send her a message oh and gosh. see if she has any squash recipes. Okay. Sorry. All jokes aside, I'm getting, I'm getting a little sarcastic as we near the end of this um, call. And I'm, I apologize. It's only uh, been 20 minutes. I know, but I'm a sarcastic person anyway. Um, it, it is absolutely helpful. It's Absolutely helpful. Not only is it helpful just because I mean, from a like tracking perspective and from a decision-making perspective and a meal prepping perspective, if you're going through a period where you are like, and, or if you're in high stress or if you're busy and you're trying to like, make sure you're eating healthy and make sure you're eating, you know, you're trying to keep your carbs or your macros and your calories in check it is absolutely a excellent potential tactic for, um, management for weight loss for, you know, mm-hmm. successful, um, successfully reaching your goals. Some people have a really hard time with it is the problem. Um, but I mean, even then you can, you can eat the same things, but still have five or 10 of the same meals, you know, like it doesn't have to be literally the exact same yeah. thing for every meal for months. Um, but and I, I would mean, say, I think, yeah, yeah. no, oh, sorry. Ahead. No, I was just going to say, as I've gone through a lot of the, um, like diving deep, as I mentioned in the last episode, gut health and gut protocols and all that this past year, um, I've changed my mind on this a little bit and changed my own practices on this a little bit. Um, and it's, it's not like hugely, but it's more so like, okay, like for me, and let's even just think back to last year, I got so, when I was prepping for my video shoot, like I was week in and week out eating the same exact breakfast, same exact lunch and down to like the veggies. Like I would have zucchini for like every single lunch for like a month. Right. Um, and so with that, I would say that there's, there's nothing wrong with that, especially at short periods of time. But if we want to be a little bit more optimal and think a little bit more about some of the internal stuff that's happening, our gut does like variety because Mm -hmm. you'll be getting different nutrients from different things. Um, you'll, you know, all the good bacteria in your gut is important to beneficial bacteria and fueling that, especially like from prebiotics that come from different sources of fiber, it can be beneficial to get a variety, right? So have Mm -hmm. a different variety, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily need to have like switch up your meals every single day and all of that. What, how I look at that is I think now, and I've been getting a lot better at this <laughs> myself the last few months, um, and even just like teaching clients on this is instead of switching it up every single day, especially if you're in your fat loss phase and you're trying to just be consistent and you don't want to think about it. It's like, okay, can I just switch up one thing per week? Um, or like a few things per week in terms of my fruits and my veggies. So like, if I'm going to have strawberries for breakfast every morning this week, next week, I'll have blackberries the week Mm -hmm. after I'll have blueberries, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to have zucchini for lunch every day this week, next week, I'll have asparagus the week after I'll have broccoli, right? It's Mm -hmm. just like 
simple changes. And that variety is week to week. It doesn't have to be necessarily every single day. Yes, getting different varieties of those things day to day can be beneficial. Um, But even looking at your protein sources, like instead of eating chicken breast every single day, maybe it's like chicken breast one week, chicken thighs another, steak another week, right? And it's just kind of thinking from a practical standpoint, like, okay, if I'm switching up the types of foods, right, you know, in a a way that's sustainable and, and can still be consistent, I'm going to get a different variety of nutrients from those different foods. Um, and then that is also going to help with, like I said, gut health and, and making sure that you're getting enough of those different types of prebiotics to help feed the good types of probiotics and the good bugs and all that stuff. Um, and I think that's one thing that I actually did a detriment to myself, uh, especially during my last video shoot when I was getting, when I got very, very lean and, um, I did come out of that with some gut issues. And I think that was one of the reasons is I was just like, like it was literally squash every single day and like a few other things. And I wasn't allowing enough for, I wasn't giving myself enough variety. Um, and that's something that I I would say was a, a mistake really. So, yeah. Yep. I completely agree. I mean, I, I, I'm not someone who eats the, I mean, again, I have like, there's trends, right? There's like areas like, yes, over the course of weeks and months, I eat a lot of eggs. I eat a lot Mm -hmm. of chicken. I eat a lot of, I don't know, maybe ground beef, whatever, like Greek yogurt, but I'm not eating the exact same thing for every meal. And I think what it goes back to is that, and this is something we find in our coaching practice is that people have a really, really hard time with balance and moderation and sustainability. They have a really easy time with falling off the wagon and eating like they're going to die tomorrow and then feeling like crap about it. And they actually have a surprisingly easy time following a very strict, rigid diet that is incredibly restrictive because there are a couple of rules and you follow them to a T and there you go. But being able to pull back a little bit and say, I want to eat really healthy food. I want to eat in a way that makes me look good and feel good, but I want to leave a little wiggle room for the unexpected and for the celebrations and for not feeling like eating squash today. And it's really Mm -hmm. hard. It's really, really hard because we have all these like mental things that come in that say like, well, what are you if you aren't eating, if you eat bread now, what does that mean? What does that say about you? Or, you know, I Mm -hmm. thought you were eating so healthy, but then you decide to have a piece of cake. Well, you might as well just give up. Like it's our brain telling us that because we have some variety and sustainability and balance that we must be not doing things right. When actually it's the other ends of the extreme, the like eating like you're going to die tomorrow or eating only zucchini for the rest of your life. Those are actually the the unsustainable, extreme, unrealistic things. Um, but we glorify them, right? We glorify them as like either very pleasurable or very, um, you know, we're dedicated, you know? Yeah. So, um, again, we're really bad at rapid fire, but I think that the, the short yeah. answer is for, for like temporarily for like reestablishing some ha- good habits and for fat loss and stuff, having basically the same general things. It's easier to put into your tracker. It's easier to meal prep all of these things, but you don't want to be super rigid. You don't want to do it for a super long time. And you can still eat basically the same kinds of things without eating exactly the same kinds of things. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, and then one more tip too, just to wrap up that. um, You can also make a challenge for yourself too, especially if you're someone who lives near a farmer's market or something like- Mm. Something that you can do is like go to the farmer's market, you know, every week or every other week and pick out like one new vegetable that you haven't eaten in a while. I mean, I know we're not all fans of vegetables here or one new fruit, right? (laughs) Or a fruit, you're fan fruit. 
um, or yeah. look for like what's in season two and go with that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Yep. I love it. Well, All right. This I, has been our non super rapid fire, but kind of like we got, we were pretty productive. 30 I feel, minutes. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us. Yeah. Good job. We did get some questions answered. Um, before we go, quick shout out to our sponsors, Active Stacks. They make the best protein powder ever. Their chocolate is the most delicious. It tastes like a brownie. You don't need to know anything else. Just go to activestacks.com, use the code MSW10, and you will save some money. Uh, do you have anything to add to that? amazing great see that's rapid fire a rapid fire endorsement and the vanilla is good too vanilla is good too the vanilla is good the vanilla is very good too and it's made with like real ingredients like they use vanilla paste instead of like vanilla flavoring so i mean they 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 go the extra mile for sure um yeah yeah. activestacks.com code msw10 and then also uh thank you to bubs naturals they are also our sponsor and their code is msw20 and you can get your collagen you can get your coffee they have a ton of different ranges too like if you like medium light dark roast pre-ground you want to grind your own beans they've got all of it really really good quality my husband is a big coffee nerd and he legit really likes it and is always bugging me to get them to send me more and i'm like easy dude like hello i'm the i'm the coffee i'm not the breadwinner maybe in the family but i'm the coffee winner and he's very uh he's very that. needy anyway um so you can get your coffee your collagen um they have a new creamer that's really good they've got some new hydration stuff that you can try they're coming out with new stuff all the time um and they have a 20% discount code so msw20 uh, will save you and if you support them you're really supporting us um, because they are keeping the show running so yeah that's it and if you have any questions comments feedback anything you want to tell us we read all of the emails that you send to muscle science for the number four women at gmail.com peace out don't do stupid shit <laughs> don't be insane bye, bye.